0: may have seen extraterrestrials on the
1: moon.
2: When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Full Spectrum Universe on Saturday nights. My friends, my friends, my friends, my friends, do I have a heat rock for you. Not only is this Full Spectrum Universe, this is also goddesses and devils. I have two very special guests, two very special friends of mine. We're going to break down anything and everything. We also have another guest stopping by a little bit later. Her name is Dina as well. But for right now, I'm going to play their intro. And after I play their intro, we're going to introduce Katie Kamara and Amanda McManus. So let me get this set up real quick. And what we shall do is we are going to play their intro so everybody can see Who we are talking about, let me make sure I share the audio as well Let's get it going I can't hear me. My mic was off, so Katie Kamara, Amanda McManus, how are you? Amanda, you have to unmute your microphone. We cannot hear you.
0: Yeah, I was Welcome not to hearing stream.
2: Out the World <laughs> <laughs> universe.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So um, this is
2: a collabo show for everybody. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm excited. This could be a great show.
0: It's okay. I was just going to say I was not hearing anything. I wasn't getting no audio or anything, so I was just sitting here muted. I was like, you know what? The best thing is silence, so I'm just going to zip it.
2: well we're here now we're here now so with all that being said i have a friend by the name of dina palazzini coming in a little bit later she is a paranormal investigator but we're going to talk about many many things tonight i'm just jumping around right now to make sure that we are all vibrant ready to go and we are being basically streamed on all platforms but uh Why don't you guys introduce yourself in the meantime for people who don't know who you are?
3: Amanda, you can get this. (laughs) Yeah, I was
0: just waiting. Um, So, my name is Amanda McManus. I am the co host of Goddesses and Devils. We air every Saturday on the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. Uh, Just a little bit about myself I am very open minded. I have tons of degrees. I don't want to get into all of them, but I do. And they all uh, revolve around psychology. So, that's about. That's about it for me. I'm a big animal lover, a big activist. You know, I definitely go for what's right. So that's a little bit about me. Just a snippet, but you'll get to know more about me as the show goes on.
2: Oh, we're going in deep tonight. Don't worry about that, everybody. You will definitely get to know Amanda by the time we finish. But Katie, your turn.
0: Uh, Well,
1: me, I have an exemplary record of of things that I do. Uh, But generally, uh, I am a, a lecturer. I am a speaker. I am many things that um, that would would be under the umbrella of metaphysics and into alternative integrated medicine uh, I'm a therapist I'm a coach um, but there's there's many little titles that I have uh, that I go into the universal consciousness to um, shoot psychology and oh and ex- extensively in psychology um, yeah so my my job is to heal the I'm, I'm a healer
2: Well, that's absolutely incredible. What we love on this show, and I know it's a collab show, but what we usually do on my show on this specific network is we bring people stories. Sometimes it's just me, but what we'd usually do is we bring people stories of, you know, love, light, hope, healing, and, you know, admirable tales of people literally reaching out to other people and always going to help them maybe in ways that are unconventional. But a lot of what people don't really realize is that when you help somebody in uh let's say metaphysically or it actually stems to their physical side as well you know when people see um <clears throat> people who study psychology and or people who can read people or clairvoyant mediums they don't realize the impact that they actually have on people and one impact that they have is that they give them some kind of like a mental uh relaxation in a sense Some people are very, uh, they're very, they're, what they really are is they're scared of the unknown or scared of what has happened to maybe a loved one or somebody else, you know, who, people that they can't see in this specific uh, 3D space anymore that have either crossed over or things like that. So what you guys really do is you give them a sense of ease. And what that does is it, it not fixes them, but it helps them emotionally. And in turn, that equals a physical healing as well so i don't know if you guys want to elaborate that on a little bit more but i truly believe that what you what you do is is this work that's just tremendous you know and it helps on so many different levels you know it's such layered work too and i know it's difficult from your end but if you guys want to describe that a little bit more too that would be awesome
0: well I actually do some work on the side. I am very gifted. I can do readings. Um, I like to consider myself, like I said, a psychic medium. Um, I have worked with several people. I don't give client detail because it's really personal, right? And the reason why it's really personal is because each and everybody out there is all suffering from some sort of whatever it is, a loss, a decision that needs to be made. They need a sense of direction with that. Um, So I do help with that, but I like to keep what I do separate because of the simple fact is when you are in the psychology field like myself, you need to learn how to discern what is spiritual versus what becomes a uh, mental health concern. So when uh, I'm doing any type of work, um, I get a brief introduction to the individual. I don't need to know anything about them. You know, I just ask them a few questions here or there. And like I said, they're routine questions. You know, how are you feeling today? How's everything going? How's your home life? Um, you know, and then I kind of you know, and I tell them not to go into detail. If they want a reading, I'll give them a reading straightforward. But what I try to do is I try to make them understand that they are and they don't need anybody to help them make these decisions, they are fully capable of creating these these decisions on their own. I can help them, I can guide them through spiritual guidance as well as psychologically. I can guide them. But the thing is is that people what I realize a lot of people lack self-esteem. And what happens is when they lack self-esteem in anything, whether it's their decision-making, whether it's their appearance, what happens is they begin to start doubting and having a lot of self-doubt. So me and Katie specifically, we work on situations like that where we help people to be more empowered, whether they're males, females. And that's what it is, right? It's about empowering yourself to be the best that you can be. And that's what we're here for. And like I said, the mind, body, and soul is definitely connected. If you do not have a balance between either, or what happens is you become off balance. And then those decisions that you have to make in life become a little bit more harder. So it's better to balance yourself out. So like I said, I do separate what I do for that particular reason.
1: And for me, and for me, I work on mind, body, and soul. But from a, a somatic point of view, um, we know that a lot of people uh, they they do not know where have any direction in their life, uh, let alone let alone have the empowerment behind them. There's the right support groups behind them, and a lot of people have. Uh, I'm very, very. I have gifts and abilities myself, but I don't actually use them. I am more um, metaphysically, uh, psychologically inclined. Where I'm actually helping you go through uh, certain, certain, or uh, n- navigate your way through the muck of life, um, to in order to find that balance and enlightenment that is required uh, to maybe have a healthy relationship, have a healthy life, um, and do the things that we're most passionate about. Because the majority of people ha- don't know what they're passionate about. I mean, I've, I don't know how many people have come to me and said. I want the perfect relationship. I want the perfect life. I want the perfect this. Well, I'm sorry to say that life isn't perfect, and we we are we are dumb to it in in, in such a way that, um, and I don't mean dumb dumb. I mean we we procrastinate a lot to the to the effect. That um, we really don't know what we're doing. We really haven't found the common ground that is needed um, to be to find the happiness within ourselves. And unfortunately, um, I'm sorry to say, when I when I have clients come to me and they ask, "Tell me, I I want to I want to manifest this 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 relationship. I want to meet the girl or boy of my dreams." Well, I'm sorry to say that that's not how it works. Manifestation does not work by, um, by sitting there and waiting, waiting for Prince Charming to walk through the door, and it doesn't work like that. Manifestation is completely. It's, it's a you have to put the work in, and that's what personal development is all about. It's going through all of that quote-unquote, shadow work in order to become a better person so that you can heal yourself or know how to heal yourself and be guided in such a direction so you can have that perfect relationship or that perfect friend or that perfect life that you so desire.
2: I I, I absolutely agree with with both of you 100%. I mean, it's it's super important to know yourself because they say a lot of things about love and light. You know, it's very difficult to love others or to bring – some sort of, of uh concrete like lifestyle to other people and try and help those people you have to be right with you first it's always the most important factor of that we do have Dina coming in real quick so let's bring Dina in real quick and say hi for a little while. Hey Dina Dina can you see us yes
3: I can how are you?
2: I'm good Dina how are you? This is Katie and this is Amanda
3: you? Hi. Hi Amanda
2: We've got a round robin. So, Dina, if you want to just uh, tell the people who you are and about your experiences and the paranormal and things like that.
3: Well, I mean, what part of the paranormal do you want to discuss?
2: Well, just just about you specifically, maybe your favorite part. Or about me, I
3: I can sense a lot of people's emotions anywhere I'm at. Anywhere, anywhere. And a lot of times they can bring you down, makes you cry because you don't know why you're crying. You don't, you just don't understand it. And as you get older, you, you do start to figure it out. You know, I mean, there's so much. I mean, just listening to the show tonight, I, I, I don't even know where to begin.
2: Well, I, I, I'm with you on that one because, I mean, Katie and Amanda, they know a lot about the psychological side of it, too. So for me, that's somewhat new. I'm more of the paranormal side as in an investigations and, you know, i and a researcher by nature, you know. So with that being said, it's difficult. Like they, they know so much about it. I mean, so for me to come up with some questions for them, the first thing I would ask is from all three of you, but we'll go one at a time is, Let's say that somebody comes to you with an issue of a lost relative, right? So everybody's going to approach this one a little bit differently. Yeah. So when everybody, let's, you know, there's different aspects of it where it's, it's a painful, it's something painful, right? But also, what would be something, what would be the first thing that maybe you would do to help them recover? Maybe not, the, you know, because of course they lost somebody, but try and recover that lifestyle back to some semblance of what they had before that. So we'll start with Katie. Katie, what would you do first?
1: Well, for me, um, show love and compassion because a lot of people go full on and they really don't know how to deal with things like this. Uh, in, in that nature, um, you know, showing a little bit of kindness and holding space for people just to, to let them breathe in order to deal with things like that. Because when we lose a loved one, we're so beside ourselves, we don't know what we're thinking half the time. We're stupid enough to think that um, – you know, missing when you, when you want to go out or whatever and you're missing your keys but you are still going through the grieving process to have those keys to get in your car to go to A to B or wherever you're going. We're so caught up in the moment that we forget that it's okay to be human. It's okay to cry. It's okay you know it's okay to lose our keys and and be frustrated about it because we've got other things and going on in our mind because a lot of that you know subconsciously we're bringing out when when somebody passes away um and it's not so it's not so it, it's almost the same on the on the spirit in the spirit world as well because when someone passes away, we are dealing with loss. And when we're dealing with loss, we're, we're dealing with a whole heap of other issues that do come up in our lives as well that may not necessarily have anything to do with loss, but it has a lot to do with fear. And fear, when fear takes over in our lives, we become dead doorknobs and oblivious to other things. So it it's almost a, a round-robin effect where... We're dealing with a loved one, but we're also dealing with our own issues and trying to heal from that as well as heal from bereavement. And it's not easy to do. And like I said, we've got to go back to kindness and compassion, allowing ourselves time to breathe and dealing with issues like that are never overnight. And for the people out there, there are a lot of people out there who say, well, uh, okay, well, they're dead and gone now. You shouldn't have to worry about them. They're not, they're not an issue in your life anymore because, you know, they're, they're not there to deal with. But unfortunately it brings on other dramas and other traumas and other other things that people have to deal with like um, living wills or, or the will. Families get together, they fight about everything, and then you've got to deal with you've got multiple levels of, of trauma from family to friends dealing with those people and then you got to deal with yourself and most people forget ourselves and how to be ourselves and so and I wouldn't surprise me I mean I I have like I said I have my own gifts and abilities and it doesn't surprise me that on in the spirit world that they're probably doing the same thing but at the same
2: Katie, you faded in and out a little bit. Um, let me let me let me you there, Katie? You're back. You're yeah, back. Okay. Dina, let, let me jump to you now. Now, dealing with the investigation side of it, right? Would this guilt that Katie was talking about or this bereavement, would that be something that might keep an entity earthbound past its time? Absolutely. Absolutely, because
3: if a person dies suddenly, they have that guilt of just like dying and leaving their family behind. So they're kind of lingering. They, I mean, they just want to make sure you're okay. And I understand of her about the empathy and that's when it all comes in. The empathy and feeling sorry and and crying and, and thinking that this person's dead, their body's dead their spirit does move on. Their spirit either moves on or stays. Because I think the individual that is hurting so bad that that person died, that that spirit does not want to move. In a lot of ways. I mean, there could be other connections. But, you know, I'd like to hear you know, other people's opinions about that. I I know what I've seen. I know what I felt And there's just so much. There's just so much. We can't even explain it.
2: It is something difficult to explain. Now I'm going to gear a question towards Amanda. And I keep doing a round robin with you guys. I hope you don't mind. But, you know, now, now, now that this, let's say, you know, there is, there's a next step to this. And a lot of people say that these, that when you go through some kind of anxiety or grief or sadness, everybody resonates at a vibration, right? So the vibration lowers at that point. And what that does is there's a dark energy, a light energy. So what would be something that maybe you could, I, mean, I don't want to say like help the person, but what would be your take on a way for maybe somebody who is going through that specific instance or something relatively close to it to come back to that and raise their energy up? Because it is something so difficult to go through that you know, it it stems this this anxiety from that too. But you know, I, w- I wanted to get your take on it a little bit, or you know, a- if you want to answer that or whatever else you might you know have on your mind about this specific subject, Amanda.
0: Sure. So the I don't know why I don't uh, my camera's not working. I hope you guys can hear me. Can you guys hear me? Okay.
2: Like we can hear you fine. Okay.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Um, I just. My camera's not working for some reason, but it's okay. So the first thing is that we have to understand with dealing with any type of death, there's seven stages of grief that an individual goes through and they're at different points when they hit these seven stages. And then they can actually revert back to a stage again. So it's a very long process and it's all up to the individual on how they grieve. Some experience high um, high points of anger, denial, depression, uh, uh, the guilt, the sadness. And then finally comes the acceptance of the fact that this individual has moved on. Usually when they get to the acceptance part of it, it's a little bit more easier for them to be a little bit more understanding and aware when we say that there is a life after death, that your body is just kind of like a house that your spirit lives in. And once you pass on, your spirit's free to move on. And that's the way I try to explain it to them. So when I'm working with clients that want to connect to their, uh, their past loved one, what I try to do is I try to initially go in as understanding and as um, peaceful as possible because they are still dealing with grief. And these, these interactions can trigger um, high emotions in individuals. You know, they may not get a message that I'm giving to them right away, but a lot of times the messages that I give are not meant for me to begin with. So I can say key word. Like I can say, okay, um, you know, for some reason your loved one is showing me um, a bulk. You know, and that bowl can represent an item that was gifted. It could represent a bowl that they used to use together. It could represent cooking. A lot of times they think that when someone's doing psychic work, they're going to have a clear cut, concise uh, information session where they're able to just tell you everything that that loved one is saying. And not all the time is that, that, you know, possible. In the capabilities depend on their vibrations, my vibrations, what's going on around us, whether or not the energy is coming forward, But then what happens is when you lower your own vibration, which is your own self, when you lower yourself, what happens is you do allow uh, yourself to be open to these negative attachments. So sometimes it's up to the individual and usually gifted individuals are able to discern these type of uh, energies that are coming in. But what happens is you allow yourself to be open up to this whole world. So it's kind of like lifting the veil and then peeking through it. And when you do that, these lower level energies are... um, you know they're there. They really are there. And that can form attachments. Because what happens is when an attachment is forming, they, stop, they have certain stages, right? So if somebody is already sad and dealing with something, you are already at a low point in your life. This is when the negative uh, attachments like to start to work their way into your life. And when they start doing that, what happens is that individual feels, oh my God, that's a message from my loved one. Well, it may be, but it, can't, it, it can possibly be something else. And that's what we're here to discern. But the thing is, is the best way to, to, you know, raise your vibration in the way that I work with people is, is I explain to them, listen, you need to understand that they are happy, they are healthy, they are out of pain. They are with you. You can talk to them. They can hear you. You know, they're not gone from you completely. Their Absolutely. physical self may not be where you can hug them or hold them but they're there for you and they're living on. And the best way to help them raise their vibration is to make them understand, live life happy, live life in peace, live life with love and knowing that you're taking their love with you.
2: That's truly, truly incredible. I mean, that's a Yes, I agree with that 100%, which leads me to my next question. This is more of a hypothetical question or maybe a theory on it because there is no real answer to this. But I'm every guest that comes on my show that we do on Saturday nights. I ask them this specific question every time, because there's so many different takes on what may cause this. And the question is is what do you feel is the reason and or the method which these entities tend to come back to our reality from where they are, whether it be the infinite consciousness or heaven. Or how do they come back and pierce that veil? Or why do they come back and pierce that veil? So we'll start with Katie again. Katie, if you every, I want everybody to answer the same question. I'll repeat it if I have to, but I think it's 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 enlightening to hear everybody's answer to this specific one. It's definitely enlightening.
1: Well, for me, for, well, for me, uh, I can only I, I don't do uh, I don't do paranormal investigations, uh, and I'm sort of. I, I tend to like I said I'm more psychological than than I am uh, than paranormal, but but my, I can from my understanding it would be uh, to uh, unfinished business, unfinished business res- resulting in and and this this could stem from from heinous, heinous, heinous crimes or uh, things that have from people that have been murdered people that have uh, died suddenly without cause. Who are seeking answers to come back through the veil so that they can reside to find answers because they're lost, and they don't know. They themselves don't know how to deal with the process. Just like we're human, we're just just because we pierce the veil and, and uh, whatever's on the other side is over there doesn't mean that they're not have a suffering from their own traumas and and grief um, from from their own loss, because now they've just lost their own family and their friends and everybody
3: around them.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Dina, your turn.
3: Repeat the question, because there was so much involved (laughs) with what you just said that I could go into different details.
2: Okay, okay. Um, What is your take on what is the reason and or, you know, everybody, like I said, everybody has a different spiritual take on where people go after they pass away or they leave this this shallow and their soul moves on. What is their reasoning and or function for coming back or piercing that veil? What is your take on how they come back and why they come back?
3: I think when we leave our bodies sometimes like she said we have unfinished business or there's a loved one that actually needs um, that guidance And to me, that guidance um, helps a lot of people because they don't understand that there is a life after death. I have proof of it. I have it on tape. I have it on video. I have it everywhere. And ever since I was a child, I could sense a dead child or another person, and I try to lead them to the light and try to lead them to the light. They don't want to go to the light because they have unfinished business. And um, there's a lot of different reasons why we don't understand. Why are they here? I mean, why are the evil ones here? Why are the evil ones scratching people? Why are people pushing pregnant women down the stairs? We don't understand. And that's why we are in this field, trying to figure it out. I mean, there's so many things that we just don't know. But the one thing that we all know, as it's the spirit does move on. This is just a shell.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Amanda, I'm going to ask you the same question.
0: So, there, well, to understand a little bit about uh, activity, meaning hauntings, we'll call it, um, you know, and that's just the very uh, basic term for it. There's different forms of them. So, you have residual hauntings, where this is something that the individual is connected to a home or a place or whatever. And they're just residually there because this is or what they like to do. They have poltergeist activity. Or an object, exactly. They have poltergeist activity where this is more of a phenomenon that occurs through bursts of energy. And these are energy-based. So they feed off of our energy. They feed off of the energy within our homes. Our spirits are on the energy. And that's what we got to look at. It. Everything has energy
3: Absolutely, I'm sorry? energy cannot be. Can I can I cut in on the poltergeist? When you're a teenager, oh, and you're, sure, you're coming, When you're coming into your own as a teenager and you don't know if you're a man or a boy, a girl or a woman, your hormones are all messed up and you're, that energy is so strong, and that's when usually the poltergeist will start happening. They they feed on that. But go on. I'm just, I'm just. All right.
0: So poltergeists what- are, yeah. guys can be um, very, and there usually are low level energies, um, right? And that's actually, you know, that they come in pivotal moments in our lives—a sad, a, a grieving moment, uh, a transitional moment, things like that. Um, um, then you have a uh, very, yeah, exactly. And then you have very low level energy, which runs into your demonic energies. And these, let me tell you, and I'm going to say it 100% clear for everybody. This is only literally like a one to 5% chance that anything in your home is demonic. Okay. But just there are things like that where there are demonic uh, activities that are happening and they're very, they they are very dark. They're very horrific. And yeah, and you just want to stay away from it. I don't like to really talk about it because people wonder so much about it. Let's stay away from that. Um, Then you have your intelligent hauntings. So intelligent hauntings are where you put your keys down and all of a sudden, yeah, they're they're interesting. When you put your keys down, all of a sudden your key is not where you put it, but instead it's on the opposite side of where you just left it. And they know what they're doing. They understand what they're doing. A lot of times this can be relatives. A lot of times this can be spirits that are even attached to the property. These are energies that that vibrate on a higher frequency. So we call them uh, intelligent mm-hmm. hauntings because they can respond to you. So it's like if I go into an investigation and I say, hey, um, you see my K2 meter here. Um, can you make it glow if you're here? And they respond through that or through ghost boxing. They have gotten a lot of good, infor- uh, good information from spirit and they have a lot of evidence where with ghost boxes, they actually respond to them. So that's more of like your intelligent haunting where they're able to uh communicate um and they and they do it through like i said through uh white noises they do it through movement of objects manipulation things like that and then you have uh for many different cultures around the world you have shadow people and shadow people are um they're shapeless they're these, these just big dark masses and um they can actually take shape if they really want to and, and they're just called shadow people and they go back to uh indigenous cultures they go back to Uh, Western culture as well so um, you know with shadow people there is a lot uh, about them that they say that shadow people are behind the old hag where they sit on your chest and you have sleep paralysis that shadow people do that Um, you know and then you have portal haunting so when you have a location yeah exactly it's a whole different spectrum there
3: it just sucked the breath out of you when you're trying to sleep I've had that happen But it was after I went to a haunted location. Yeah, and they, you know, and they, God, dear, I'm sorry.
0: No, and it's horrible. I've had that before too with the ghost. No, 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 it's okay. No, I understand. Trust me, it's very horrible. That feeling—you just feel dread. You feel like you can't breathe. You feel like you can't move. It's horrible. So I, I, I definitely know.
3: Horrible. Horrible.
0: Exactly. Or like your teeth your teeth are so clenched that you can't even open your mouth to even make a, a sound. And like, so yeah, it is a horrible like, feeling. But then you also have your portal haunting. Yeah. yeah, it's like you Yeah, it's like you go and you in feel like feel this fixated and, your and, your breath and, and, out. and you just can't move.
3: It sucks your breath right out of you. And yeah, and like, I
0: believe there's different entities that have different names.
3: Right. It's yeah, business, you know, right? And then
0: you have portal haunting. Right, right, exactly. The rakes, things like that. Um, you know, and then you have portal hauntings where there's actual portals of energy, so they usually take place in like places that are heavy in ley lines. Ley lines are things we cannot see, but they're under the earth, okay. And these are magnetic but forces, these, these are energy can forces that and and they contribute, to- yeah, you can actually. So, like with me, I where them, I, I live them. in my home, I live in a very wooded Oh, yeah. No, they're not. They're not comfortable, the energy. Um, But where I live here, I live in the woods. And in my behind the woods. Oh, it is very horrible. And behind the woods is a stream. So that's something significant to uh, something that would be referred to a portal haunting because there's a constant flow of energy. And so spirits, they come and they go. And now to answer to finally answer the question about the veil, I feel like personally that as for people, the veil is closed to us, to a certain extent, if you are gifted, you can kind of go beyond that and push and reach out to people behind it. But you cannot necessarily cross it. That veil is a specific thing that keeps us separated. And I feel like with spirits, they can honestly come and go. They are energy. They can they can visit us when they want to. They can come to us in our dreams. They can whisper. In, they can do anything they really want, but it's up to you
3: to allow it or not allow it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's up to you whether or not you allow it. Me personally, I have boundaries. I have my own crystal grids and things that I set up um, in my home to protect me because I am very gifted. My children are gifted. Um, and because of that, I, like I said, and I don't like to do psychic work or I don't like to really do investigative works all the time because I am also very much in the living. And that's what we have to understand too. We have to maintain our living life, doing our responsibilities and whatever we need to do to maintain ourselves, our minds, our hearts, whatever it may be. But then if you want, you can spend the time, you know, investigating or working with others and things like that. So that's how I separate my life. And that's just how it works for me.
2: I I, I agree with that too. And the ley lines is a very interesting thing. We've talked about it here before. And uh personally, what I think, and I'm just going to go into my own, you know, my own little theory of it is there is that veil, right? And there are certain points in this veil where it is, not so thick or it's weakened in a sense this is what we we call portals in a sense so when these entities come back because you know there's i've interviewed people and they've said that there was light and dark entities coming from a specific place sort of like an in-between so there is the the outskirts of this specific world this veil world on the other side where we maintain our conscious level or a extra perception of like a fourth dimension or a fifth dimension then there's like an in between area and an in between area is it's like a buffer between our reality and the next step over so what th- what happens is that there's these specific ley line flows that flow through that area which get us to which get those specific entities that are on the far side that are not meant to come back they can hitch a ride and come right through that portal and come right back That's why some of the entities that come out of there are either dark or demonic, and they're not supposed to be out there, but somehow they were able to hitch that ride and come back out. So, you know, I think that's definitely something great to explore. But to get to more like of the psychology aspect of what we're talking about, now, one thing that happens is when people have these strange occurrences, no matter what they are, whether it be uh, a haunting, UFO, uh, the sighting of Bigfoot, One thing that people tend to do is they tend to react very quickly and label them crazy, label them psychotic. Now, nine times out of ten, these are the types of people that actually, I feel, have a heightened intelligence, which are able to actually see these things rather than the people that don't know. What's that, Dina? Able to
3: see beyond the veil. That's the name of my group. I've had it since 2009 and that's what we do. We're able to see beyond the veil. And right. we don't judge anybody. We just, you know, what did you see? Um, it could be a devil walking around, a kid spinning around in the room. I mean, we we take everything into consideration because who knows? Who well, knows what's going on?
2: It's a big world. That's it. That's a it. Big universe. And one thing happens is when people like they do things like meditation. Uh, even research, when you're embodying something and you're either looking at it or concentrating on it, you tend to raise your vibration. When you tend to raise your vibration, it gives you a glimpse into these or an access pass into these places. So with that being said, you know, it's I wanted to get Katie's take on, you know, what her definition of somebody who may be having these occurrences of, you know, what 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 does she feel? What do you, Katie, what do you feel is is? the, I don't want to say the cause, but the reasoning that these specific people are having these types of situations. I know, you know, I'm saying from a psychological side, what do you think that it might be?
1: It could be a number of things, but, um, I'm going to go back to trauma. Um, we deal with things in different ways, and when we're dealing with things in different ways, majority of us don't do not in 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 our own intelligence do not know how to process these these things that happen to us, and it really doesn't matter. This goes right into into mental illness as well as the paranormal. It really it really doesn't matter which part uh, of the, the psychological aspect. Majority of us, though, deal with the subconscious. Yeah, and we're dealing with we're deal majority of the time we're dealing with the subconscious mind. So when we hit uh, forefront and in in dealing with certain things, we're dealing it sub, uh, in a in a conscious manner where we we're thinking what you said, Rob, in a quick manner. Where, where we just see it for what it is and we're quick to judge. It's like it's like saying, well, uh, well, you're you're labeling you. Calling you crazy, and then and then I'm coming back at you and say, well, no, I'm not. I'm, and you, it's the reaction. In our subconscious mind, we're dealing it in a different way. In our subconscious mind, we're telling ourselves, oh, oh, maybe I'm not so crazy. Maybe I should look into this. And the more we look into it, the more more of that conscious reaction keeps happening, and we keep going in this round and round and round round circles, trying to deal with. Uh, with with certain with certain issues that deal with it, and of course um it's like it's like uh the the questions that that I've looked into in, in a more uh in more depth way like what happens to the human consciousness after death and of course, why do people fear death more than eternal life and what can we do to inherit it and what's its true purpose? And the reason why we go through all of these things is because The afterlife really has no identity. We give it, as humans still alive and well, we give it identity. So therefore, when we give it identity, we tend to add everything else that, that encompasses the trauma of life and we take it upon ourselves to give it labels, and thus, and thus, we when we express ourselves, and we inherit our gifts, and we have our abilities, and we have the ability to see. We only become even more crazier than we really are when we're really not.
3: I think that's a, well, no, it's, that's because people call us crazy. Well, you know, it, they call us crazy because we can see things that they can't, and we've been enlightened. And when you're enlightened. You can see all that.
1: Yeah, and that's and it's one of the biggest yeah. reasons why why uh, there are plenty. I can guarantee you there are plenty of psychologists out there that are, are from that do have metaphysical backgrounds that do have uh, paranormal backgrounds. Uh, the, you cannot tell me that a person who goes into psychology and uh, believes in just the psychology of the mind, um, you know. Right.
3: There are, there are people, there are people that. that there's a subconscious. There is a lot more going on in the mind than just exactly. electrical. Exactly.
1: And and that's why a lot of people are more prone to believe into the afterlife, and they want to know what's more. What I mean, really, consciously, we're all still living. We're still breathing. We're still. But the thing is, is that we're still seeking those answers, and we can't get those true answers until we actually do pass over. But we were not going to. We're not going to pass over. We're going to investigate it instead, and we're going to look really funny because we're not dead. So we're not going to be fully understanding. That's, that's anyway. the
3: whole thing. Is you have been here before, on this yeah. earth, before your life now. I know I have. And most of the people that I, I know, we have been here before. I don't know if you believe in reincarnation and, and the carnation of our conscious, our spirit, and our soul. It goes into a different body.
2: Well, it absolutely. just doesn't die. Absolutely. And the other thing that, that Katie, you're talking about is that, that fear of the unknown. That is mm-hmm. a really powerful thing, right. you know, that creates an anxiety. And then that goes back to the lowering of the vibration and everything. We did have a question here from Steve White. He asks if uh, if we know that a bad haunting can cause PTSD, uh, PTSD. And I think that any so, anything that actually happens in a negative light can cause post-traumatic stress disorder in that sense. You know, it's all about absolutely. how you take that. So. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Amanda, do you want to do you want to jump on that and give us your take on that as well?
0: Well, there is true cases where individuals who have experienced hauntings um, have walked away with psychological issues because of it, because it is really traumatic and it does create this fear in you and the anxiety and the stress, is this gonna to happen to me again? And then certain trigger points can remind it, yes. But I also do believe psychologically because the mind is the way it works and there are certain conditions that inhibit the thoughts of others and there are contributing factors mental illnesses that can cause an individual to actually experience hallucinations, whether it's auditory or visually. So I think what we need to do is, is that honestly, we need to look at individuals as individuals and not put people into these categories and just like, label them like Katie said and say, Well, you're crazy. Uh, You see ghosts, so you're crazy. You're you're saying you're this you're crazy, you know, it's all about labeling in a society to give us this false sense of uh, it's all you know, knowing everything, everything, the know-it-all, it becomes, yeah, it becomes a label, and what happens is we actually take away from people, and we start imprinting those thoughts, because you got to remember, in past cultures, and I'm talking about way back when, during evolution, during all this other stuff, people believed in magic, and magic was the first form of religion, OK, this was their practices. This is their 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 ritualistic beliefs that if they offered um, a potato to whomever, the spirits, they didn't have names at that moment. But to the spirits, we'll say that these spirits are going to help them and protect them. And, and and so we we look at all of this and we start thinking, well, when did that shift? occur. Well, it started shifting when we started studying psychology, it started shifting when we adapted new religions, it started shifting when our culture started shifting. So when we look at it, and from an anthropological aspect, we started seeing a shift in the way people think, but that did not take away from their experience, I believe, truly in the paranormal. And I believe there's individuals who do suffer attacks, attachments, etc, and cause them great anxiety and stress, and who then later develop PTSD because of it. I mean, it's just like individuals who have car accidents or who go through a a traumatic event where they now have this, this feeling of dread that comes over them that every time they drive their car, they're going to get into an accident. So it helps them not to, to move past it positively. But it helps them to stay in that mindset of that fear and it controls them. And hauntings can definitely do that. But what happened what happens with the whole situation is people are afraid to reach out to other people because they're afraid of the stigmatism that they'll receive because of society. And it's a sad There's thing because we need to start ridiculous. learning how to respect, love, right, respect, love, and understand individuals before we slap labels on them.
2: Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, you know uh, what? The uh, next segment I want to get into is a little bit of what Katie, what you're working on with Amanda, and the next steps that you guys are taking to uh, further your careers uh, in the healing and psychological realm of it. At this time, I'm going to say thank you to Dina for stopping by. Dina, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you. And uh, we're going right, to go it into nice thank, And you're always welcome to come back whenever you want. We're going to go into the next segment, so I'm going to let you go so you can relax and have a good night. I'm going to have my glass of wine. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Thank you, Dina. It was a pleasure to see you.
3: It was nice to talk to you all. Thank
2: you, Uh, Dina. Nice
3: meeting you. Nice to meet you, too.
2: All right. So getting to this next segment, you guys are into healing, and it's the healing aspects that I want to go in the last hour because – We've talked a lot about the fright and the flight and all that good stuff, so let's get into how we can help people from this point. So uh, I don't know whoever wants to take take uh, take control and just go yeah, into. Amanda. Go ahead, Amanda. Tell us tell us what you guys have been working on and what you're working towards.
0: So me and Katie developed goddesses and devils, um, pretty much to help support and empower individuals. We were stemming it more towards the female population at first, but then we also don't want to be biased, and we don't want to be judgmental to our male counterparts. So we decided, well, how can we do a show that we can interact with both individuals, but also bring up claims to, you know, the opposite sex of what causes this individual feel different about this individual. And we wanted to figure out a way to bridge that gap that we all fall in between, right? So there's always a bunch of gaps everywhere we walk, right? And sometimes we get stuck in stereotypes. Sometimes we get stuck in labels. Other times we get stuck in our own egos. And so me and Katie decided, well, what can we do to help people to better understand that? And how can we help people to heal and get through the things that are bothering them. So we, we developed goddesses and devils for that particular reason. And what we do is we talk about these subjects that people are afraid to touch on. We talk about sex. We talk about religion. We talk about psychology, uh, ideologies. We talk about anything you can think of that we know can help people to get past these certain, uh, you know, situations that they may encounter in life with, with stigmatisms as well. And so sex for an instance. You know, me and Katie's first show was on the battle of the <laughs> sexes. Why is, why is it okay for a male to have multiple partners <laughs> and a woman <laughs> is called a slut? Why? And it makes no sense. I mean, isn't the male being a slut? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If they're having multiple partners? Like why, why is there a label there? It makes no sense when we should look at each other as equal In the sense of getting rid of all the inequalities, even though we know they're out there and there's political, you know, speaking that we know that jobs and things like that and economically, there's some form of inequalities that are within every one of our institutions and our systems that we have established. But we're talking about everyday life. We can't fix the political nature. We can't fix the economic nature, but we can help you to fix you. And by giving you this information and opening your mind up and teaching you not to be judgmental, to be more respectful, to be a listener and to be a lot more kind and compassionate and caring to one another, we can start shifting and molding that environment and those systems to face those inequalities we all are suffering from. So that's why we did goddesses and devils. And then Katie um, you know, she she started up with Soma Fusion. I'll let her get into that. But you know, I actually became one of Katie's business partners and was her first business partner in Soma Fusion, Mind Body and Soul. And then now we we take our show, we take Soma Fusion, and now we're branching out. And so and Katie's working on helping us to branch out further. And our whole goal is to help people to be comfortable in their own skin. That's what it really comes down to: is to be comfortable because you were made to be who you are and you are perfect and you can choose whether or not you want to be labeled whether or not you want to accept that label and whether or not you choose to abide by that label you know you can never change a person's opinions thoughts whatever but you can change your own and you don't have to accept all of that like i've as a female i've been called a slut plenty of times and i'm just like well okay that's nice good for you yay we know a word, <laughs> you know I mean, and I move on from it, but it's like, what makes me a slut because I'm a female, you know what I mean? And that's what we got to look at. When we start taking away from all of that negativity that we allow to consume us and we start living life and being free and being who we want to be, being expressive, being whatever, you want to be a writer, a doctor or a go for it. And that's pretty much what we do. You know, and and it's really important for us to speak about this because there's so many people out there that are in this little shell because of it, you know, because they're they're, they're constantly faced with this. And we're here to tell you that, you know what, you can break out of that shell and we're here to help you. So I'm going to let Katie go in and talk about Soma Fusion and what she's working on with us now.
2: Before Katie gets into that, uh, before you get into that, Katie, I just want to express to people the importance of this. We just talked about people not being able to cross over, but you have to live your life while you're here too. And living your life while you're here is it, these types of of, of uh, delving into yourself is so important to live the life that you want to live. I mean, there's such an impact that you can have for others and yourself. And to motivate yourself to be the kind of person who doesn't label people doesn't judge things you know this this brings harmony to the earth as well it's not just you you're affecting you're affecting that little circle that's around you and then they affect that little circle that's around them and then they affect that it's a it's a domino effect and it's so important to live your life while you're here and to not be that tortured soul while you're on earth so when you cross over you're that tortured soul again so I'm going to let Katie go in and I'm just going to, I just had to say that out loud because I felt it was in my mind and I wanted to make sure that I expressed that.
1: Well, I was just going to pose that. No, the, it's, it's, uh, true. it's true.
2: It's true.
1: It is true. And the thing it's is, I, and that's I'll, what I'll elaborate on that. Say. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll elaborate on that too, because uh, how many, I quote, pose a question. How many people love to see the sun, but do, do not, okay. How many people know how to climb a hill? How many people know how to get to the other side to see the sun?
2: This guy right here. I'm living it right well, you, now and I'm you're, doing
1: you're it. You're a damn Aries, whatever. It? That's <laughs> you're true. You're just started from well, this comment. <laughs> um, but no.
0: Well, it, it's think- like the fact of a virus, right? Hate spreads yeah. like a virus. Anger spreads like a virus. If I walk into a room and I'm pissed off at whatever the fact may be, and then I bump into Katie, who's just sitting there minding her business, because I'm having a shitty day, I'm going to take it out on Katie. Because I'm mad and I need to just, you know, I don't know how to control myself. And I don't know how to let go of my emotions. So I outwardly projected. But as I'm projecting it to Katie, who's an innocent bystander, enjoying whatever she was doing, a cup of tea, coffee, whatever. Now she's going to be pissed because I'm the dickhead that pissed her off. And then now Katie's going to go and piss off Rob. And it's just a domino effect. And that's what it is. Hate and this negative just insults and anger and the violence. That's all like a virus. We spread it. Like Katie was saying, how many people can actually spread kindness, love, compassion? Well, there's not many out there. And that's what, you know, we were talking about. Sorry, Katie, but I just wanted to add that, you know, that's just like, it's just like any other virus. It catches on and it Get stuck in you all day long, and then you're miserable and you're feeling shitty because some idiot said whatever to you, but you can choose to change that, and it's up to you to choose to change that
2: well yeah that that's like the spiritual quagmire too, like you know you whatever you put out, you get back it's the Carmetic debt, and it's the law of attraction, you know, and uh, you really should try and put out positive to get back positive because. Honestly, at the end of the day, the only person that's going to make you happy is you. but go ahead, katie
1: exactly. and and of course, you know when when that does happen, I, I will mention you know, I am me. I'm all in the world, and there's no one else exactly like me. I teach a lot when when I do when I write, when I talk about the things that I've gone through because I teach from experience, I talk about self sovereignty, which is nothing but self-empowerment or sovereignty is a very, very strong word to basically say, hey, you know what? See you for you. I mean, everything that comes out of me is authentically mine because I alone choose it. I own everything about me, my body, my feelings, my mouth, my voice, my actions, whether they be others or myself. We're so concentrated on wanting to experience the external, the the exterior of the world rather than focus on ourselves. And when I say all of that, I also own my fantasies. I own my dreams. I own my hopes, my fears. I own my triumphs and I own my successes, all my failures and all my mistakes. majority of people out there can't do any of that because they're so fearful of the repercussions if they own up to themselves. And because I own all of me, I can become intimately acquainted with me. And by doing so, I can love me. I can be friendly with all of my parts. Nobody ever said that you had to be friendly with anybody else. But but if you can't be friendly with yourself, or you can't love yourself, then where are you going to be? Because at the end of the day, I know that there are aspects about myself and I'm using me as a, a catalyst here, as an example, a living example. And I know that there are parts about me that puzzle me and other aspects that I don't fully understand or know about myself, which is why personal development and any, any type of development uh, of personal growth is always going to be a lifelong thing. And that's it's, 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 as the saying goes. When we look for that perfect love, and we don't find it, we settle, and we settle with the not necessarily the wrong partner. We settle. Uh, we settle for an unsatisfied life, knowing that we could have done more. And we only figure that out when somebody passes on, and we only get to that realization in our last dying breath. Oh crap! I could have done a whole heap more. If I've done my life over, I could have done it this way. Well, people keep going down that route of what if, what if, what if. Forget that word. When we start to have a mindset change, we understand and we can be able to create create a new pathway and and get rid of those um, those attachments or those karmic debts that we so forever go into a binding cycle that repeat of repetitive repetitive, whether it's generational or whether it's just something that we're doing to self sabotage ourselves, then we're able to move on. We can go into the unknown. But as long as I am friendly and loving to myself as I can, um, then I can courageously and hopefully look for the solutions to the puzzles that we have within our lives um, and, and, and find actual practical ways or solutions to to walk on ourselves so that we can walk a path of, of our own happiness but if i look if i look and sound and whatever i say and do and whatever i think and feel at any given moment in time is authentically me then if some later on some parts of me uh, or or how i looked sounded or thought or felt or turned out to be unlifting or unfitting I can discard that because I'm human. I make those mistakes. I discard that, work on something new to make myself better. And then I can keep the rest and invent something new. And it's just, it, it, in, for everything that I discard out of my life, that's the same goes with relationships. We have bad breakups and we think, oh, all hope is lost. A ho- all hope is not lost if we find ourselves. And that which we, we hear and we feel and say and think and do, you know that we have the tools for survival. We know that we have the resiliency. But the problem is, is that a lot of people don't have that resilience, resiliency to live that life, to have those coping skills in order to adapt and make the changes. most people most people and I'm not saying I'm not saying all, I'm just saying most people fear change. and it's that lack of resiliency that further delve ourselves back into those fearful modes where we're angry, we're frustrated, we're sad, we're disappointed, we're resentful because we can't cope. we can't see the change ahead. and when we see the change ahead, we can be closer to others. We can be more productive. We can we can have and say and do things that make sense. We don't have to be in order. Nothing has to be in order. You can you can have a create a, a chaotic life and still be happy. But it's the drama. It's the drama, The negative drama that comes with it that that likes to tenfold itself in because we see the easy route, and when we see people. Outside of us, and we see people successful, we see people doing their thing, we sit there and wonder, oh, well, what if I did that? What if, well, if they're doing that, well, hang on, no, I'm going to take the easy route. Instead of actually actioning it and being practical and and furthering ourselves, what we're doing is we're looking at these people and saying, hey, I'm jealous. I'm envious of you. It's healthy to emulate
0: somebody, but it's not healthy to be full-on jealous of somebody. Right, and that's what we were talking about in other shows with the with the creator mindset. This is what a creator mindset does for you. A creator mindset gives you the understanding that you're responsible for every success, every failure, everything in your life you are responsible for. For. And you present these situations, and when you have a creator mindset, it results in goals, it results in success, it results in hard work, dedication, understanding. And that's what Katie's pretty much talking about is a creator mindset. The other thing Katie was talking about was how we have different personality traits, and whether or not we did de- we decide that we want to develop unhealthy, dependent, and codependent style personality traits. And so you know, we did a whole show about this on goddesses and devils. And sorry, Kate, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I wanted to express that these are realistic things you guys can look up. If you guys want to work on working on yourself, go start looking at the personalities, codependent, independent, interdependent, dependent. Look at that, look at creator mindset versus victim mindset. These are these are actual things that exist within ourselves and the only way to work on yourself and achieve what you want is by understanding self and getting intimate with self. Many people find they do yoga, they do meditation, they do therapeutic sessions. Well, that's what me and Katie do when we do goddesses and devils, and we're actually working to build us ourselves further. And Katie's working on the business aspect. And she's allowed me to kind of play a little bit because she knows I'm really, really delved down in all my schoolwork. But I'm still there every step of the way supporting her and helping her and doing whatever I can to uplift Katie to get where we need to go. And that's the whole point is that, we need to understand: is it's our choice whether or not we want to be that individual who ascends to a better self, stays stagnant and never grows from it, and be the one that oh I hate my life oh I hate, this. or be the one who's transitioning to ascending. Meaning that we finally transition in the sense of we recognize what's going on, we understand what's going on, and we choose to change it. That's what I call the transitional phase. Once we do that, we start ascending. And so sorry Katie, go ahead. But that's what I was trying to explain so people well, can kind I, of understand. I want to cut in you're real talking quick about um,
2: And just to piggyback off what you're saying, Amanda, is it's accountability. So whether it be positive or negative, it's accountability. Because and not all of it, I'm just saying an aspect of it, but what you're talking about is taking, you know, when you have a victory and you know what your actions are and you're putting that 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 positive forward that you can be accountable for that positive act. Same goes with the negative as well. And and what I, I and correct me if I'm wrong, but what it is is that once you know self, you're able to set those goals which dictate your actions, which then you can be attaining this accountability. When this accountability is obtained, you can feel those victories. So it's sort of like a chain process, and it's it's something that it takes a long time to do, but you have to. You have to look at these aspects from an outside perspective, an introspective outside perspective, if that makes any sense. You have to look at it from the outside, but looking in. So it's kind of like this. It's this strange. It's almost like a duality, you know what you're like, you're like with the putting out and the, and the giving and the, and the taking. But you have to set <clears throat> this accountability and this accountability makes it so where you're either going to be the victor or the victim. And that victimhood comes from negative accountability. You know, well, it's me. You know, I'm, I'm no good. Nobody likes me. When you set these goals for yourself and you move forward, you have this accountability of victory, and it's a different accountability. But go on, Katie.
1: Yeah, and, and of course, uh, when, when we dive into relationships too, <clears throat> we got to see it from, from two different points of view. A lot of people, when they go into a, to victim mentality, they're looking at, well, why me? Why poor old me? The pity party me? And so on and so forth. A lot of people do not take that step back and say, hang on, well, and, and this is why a lot of people, when they go at, you know, when there's a bad breakup or a bad thing that happens in relationships, they run off to their girlfriends, you know, and they start talking, you know, have that, that, that backhanded talk. Oh, my boyfriend did this to me, and my boyfriend did that to me, and blah, 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 blah. And then instantly you've got a group, a gang of girls ganging, ganging up and saying, Oh, this guy is is this, this, and this, and blah, blah, blah. But we don't know the full story. We're only hearing one side of it. And the whole point, I went through this whole um this whole exercise before, and in my in my first marriage and I'm taking by example here in my first marriage I I w- I went through domestic violence and through that domestic violence I you know I did that whole victim mentality and I went okay well what about you know it why me why this why that and then my ex-husband he did the same thing as well of course but for anybody that's going through that it's like okay so why do we tolerate it? First off, we have acknowledged ourselves to be in that situation in the first place, and of course, we are also acknowledging that we are a willing participant in such behavior. Toxic behavior does not occur one sided; it occurs on both sides because one, you're, uh, you are a willing participant to participate the reciprocal, um, the reciprocal part, nature of that relationship. And number two, you are receiving the, uh, the receiving nature of that te- said toxic relationship. So you are not just acknowledging that you being a part of it, you're not tolerating, for tolerating it in the first place. So therefore, you cannot claim victim mentality to your friends when you go ahead and you go and to- tell them the one part, one-sided story when there are actually two sides. You are the victim. Yes, you are. And yes, and nine times out of ten you isn't it isn't your fault, and no one deserves that. But at the same time, you're also part of it. You are. You have to acknowledge in order to forgive and move on. You have to acknowledge your part in the whole thing for continuing to reciprocate that said toxic relationship in the first place, so that you can move on yourself. It's not just about the other. It's not just about you. It's also about the other person, because if you don't acknowledge and as 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 a tolerated uh, um, or a tolerant participant. In these behaviors, these behaviors continue on with a toxic cycle that is has a karmic effect, and it goes round and round and round until you sit there and you break that cycle. It is a hard well, work not to go through.
0: No, and, and you know, and it's not easy, and it hurts. It really does hurt, and hurt is a, one of the biggest things to um, overcome. And the way to, because I'm just addressing a comment, the, the way the way to overcome hurt is the kind of, and I know it's going to sound wrong, is the kind of move on from it, acknowledge it happened. But now, do you want to stay hurt or do you want to continue and move on? And that's what it really comes down to. It's a, it's a part of being able to move on from that and, and move on to something better. So, like, similar to Katie, I had situations like that where my, my you know, my kid's father, not my husband now, but my, my past, um, he was physically and emotionally abusive. And he came home one night, you know, I don't even know what the hell he was on, probably on drugs. I don't know. He was on something because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really truly him, but it was the actions because it's his body creating these actions. But he physically hit me and I hit him back. And I was not going to sit there and allow him to hit me. And I don't think that's a great relationship. So I decided, you know what? I need to walk away from this because this is not conducive to me, my children or my environment or my livelihood. So I moved on. Yes, it hurt because you do develop these long lasting memories with this individual of all the good times. But how many of the good times outweigh the bad times? And that's what you got to look, look, look to you got to look at the fact of where you're at and what's occurring. Is this a cycle? Is, OK, you know, what? if he hit me once, he's not going to hit me again. Uh, well, guess what? If he hits you once or she hits you once, there's a good chance that she's going to do it or he's going to do it again. And this is just their behavior. And this is them manifesting their own emotions outwardly and, and you know, and beating on somebody. And it's not okay. So you need to recognize it. And I recognize, like I said, he hit me. I hit him right back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, You know, God is my witness. I hit him right back. And, and you know, in that whole brawl, in a sense, I won. I literally beat the shit out of him. But that's that's when you look at it's like, oh, yeah, well, you taught him lesson. No, you know what? I really didn't teach anybody anything. If anything, I contributed to the violence. I contributed to the negative. What I did by walking away was what mattered. What I did by saying, you know what? If you want to live your life like this, you know what? Be my guest, but you're not going to do it around me or my children. I walked away from it. And there's nothing wrong with walking away from it. You know, we had a choice we're you know, there's. There's there's always that accountability. I, you know, yeah, guess what? I was lucky that time. Will I be lucky next time? And that's what we got to look at it as we got to look at it as taking the accountability. And when there's a relationship, there's two people involved. So you can't always just blame the male or the female counterpart when both of you are engaging in this toxic behavior. It takes a bigger person and it takes an established person to understand their accountability and say, you know what, this is not right. So I'm going to make the choice for both of us and I'm going to walk away.
2: Well, that's absolutely true too. And not only that, just to go back to something that we were talking about earlier is when you hear a lot of these stories about these hauntings, it's usually a female or a male in that type of abusive situation before they meet their untimely end. So, by the paranormal shows you somewhat of the consequence of what these specific types of relationships actually do to people. You know, if we keep looking back at history, how many, you know, how many different groups there are to help women and men who have gone through these tribalistic abuses that are just, and it's, you know, it's crazy to say this too, but just to go even further, some people, you know, when they're come from an abusive household, They abuse others without actually realizing it. They think that they're just being normal. And it actually, you know, it's almost like they're brought up like that, which is a crazy thing to say. But it's like a repetitive conditioning that they went through. And then they try and say, well, I'm going to be different. And then they end up going into a relationship and they are different, but they're abusive in a different way.
1: So, yeah and it all it well, yeah, all it all stemmed, yeah. it all stems down to two uh, as well, another element of relationships. and this is one of the re- biggest reasons why relationships is such a good example to go by because we're all in one, regardless of whatever we see a relationship as we're we're all in a relationship and we've all had our personal experiences, and it's it's like saying um, the common phrase it takes two to tango' it goes into it goes into parenthood it goes into a lot of things that we deal with in daily life and 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 we we just we're fearful so fearful of owning um not owning up to our our honest selves that we lie about it and we feel the need to lie about it and the problem is with we're so used to taking the easy way out so cutting those corners there's such thing as healthily cutting those corners to be more efficient, but there's not such thing as cutting a corner to 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 make things work in our way when it takes two to tango. Therefore, we can't make the compromise. We're not we're not trying to sacrifice our values. We're not trying to sacrifice ourselves to any relationship that we have with anybody that we meet. We're trying to compromise that so that we can work in harmony. And a lot of the work that I do for Soma Fusion and what I am will be lecturing about um, for the Samaras Education Centre as a full-time lecturer is about these relationship problems, how we deal with grief, how we deal with fear, how we deal with um, anger, how we deal with love. Love is, love is a word that keeps getting repetitive as well. Do, when, you, when I mean, there's different forms of, of saying I love you. But what does "I love you" really mean? We when when we went back to our first show on goddesses and devils, we were talking about um, linguistics, how there are many, many, many words out there in the dictionary, and new ones made up every day, and how they really apply to the language that we really talk right now. And these words, just like camel, I don't know, Rob, if you've heard the word, the meaning of camel.
2: Mm-mm. You know anything oh, about God. camel? Nope.
0: Okay. Are you going to tell yeah. them what I called myself, Katie? Katie, tell them what I called yes. myself. Okay. <laughs>
1: so I'm going to uh, – okay. So let me backtrack. A, I said it wrong then. <laughs> Silly me. Um, but, no, the word dude. 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the real meaning, there are multiple – do you know that there are multiple meanings of dude?
2: Yeah. I mean, it depends on it depends on, like, the tone – uh, you know, like, like there's, yo, dude, and there's like, dude, okay. come on, like,
1: okay, 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 okay. Let me, let me, let me just give you a little brief. Okay, the word dude has multiple meanings. It can also it can mean the uh the foreskin of a camel a camel's penis. Oh man! It could also mean an infected hair on a on a on the butt of an elephant.
2: That's awesome. Okay.
1: It also, the true meaning of dude is actually a very well-dressed gentleman. But the slang, the slang of dude also means, means uh, colloquially that you actually are attracted to another man.
2: I never heard that, but go ahead.
1: It is one of the meanings of it. Okay. (laughs) So... When we were talking about it in our show that it started to make people think about when they said dude, do when when I go do to you what am i really mean It's coming from a girl that's a good thing coming from a guy means a lot more than what it really means We're talking about going a okay, little bit more something than what I bromance. call myself
0: when you that
1: So when we were talking yeah, about it we had a whole heap of list cracking up laughing
2: we had a whole heap of
1: listeners cracking up, laughing, including the guys yeah, who yeah, were sitting yeah. there going, "Ah, uh, I don't think, I don't think I want to use that word anymore."
2: <laughs> don't bother me, but what it is what it is, you know.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is that going back to what I was saying before, linguistically, when we talk, we really don't know what we're saying, so. Going into the, the research of linguistics, we've really got to understand what these words that we're saying really mean, just like the words, I love you. You can say I love you all day long to everybody, but do, does it have meaning? Does it have purpose?
2: Somebody putting it in, uh, on YouTube depends on the context. I guess yeah. that would be that would be exactly. out of money. But you, at the same me.
1: time... Yeah, but at the same time contextually contextually we 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 don't usually usually by habit we don't think about it. It's automatic. We become robotic and therefore we don't think about what we say before we say it. Gotcha. And so and so when we when we when we speak about people we say well actions speak louder than words. Well, well what does "I love you" mean? Goes back to what I just said. What does "I love you" really mean then? Because a lot of people, when they say "I love you," there's no action behind it.
2: Because well, you're just, just that, expressing. That, that, that's just it. When you tell your girlfriend, like if I look at my girlfriend right now and I say "I love you," then you're telling her how you feel. When your mother calls you, say "love you," like it's a different level. I guess you could say yeah. like a different, but it's still the same word. But it's on. I'm trying to find the right words for it. But it's it's and, like a, and, it's like and, a paradigm shift a little bit, like where you're. Yeah. You could say it about and it's anything. It's not
1: wrong. It's not wrong. But if we were to focus it into saying "I love you," which has multiple meanings, multiple contextual meanings, and in different languages, of of course, if we look at it from another point of view. If we go, I love you all the time. It is so easy to say I love you to another person. Then how come we can't say I love you to ourselves?
2: That's a that's a hell. Exactly, exactly. Because a lot of people always try to find these flaws within themselves, and sometimes those flaws aren't even there. There's just they're hyper they're hyper hyper focusing on something that they particularly don't like you know but other people may not see that and that causes depression anxiety uh miscommunications i mean there's so many consequences from somebody expressing this emotion of 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 self loathing i guess you could say like mm-hmm. uh, and, and that it, it's very difficult to get out of that mindset once you get there as well i've noticed that too but go ahead. Go well, ahead. That's, a,
0: that's the thing. It's just packing on a label to something that we use as an expressive form. And we're not really understanding because we're not expressing it to ourselves. We're not showing ourselves self love, we're not showing others around us. Love in itself. Love doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't have to be between uh, a child and a parent. It doesn't have to be, be between intimate partners. It doesn't have to be between best friends. The word I love you has a lot of meaning that you are supposed to put on with it. You know, this word, you're supposed to show that love and express that love. And that's what Katie's talking about. How do we outwardly project the word love? And actually have the contextual meaning go out the window, but actually show the meaning of love. And that's the thing. It starts with self-love, right? I can Mm -hmm. look in the mirror and find 110 things that I do not like about myself. you know. And that's the mirror effect. It's us taking a look and we are projecting our own thoughts and thinking that everybody out in the world is going to see what we see. And that is not true. That's where the low self-esteem comes in, the self-loathing, the doubting, the... The feeling of not being able to be you in your own skin because you're so afraid of what comes with it. And with me, and Katie will tell you, she's known me for quite some time now. I am, what you see is what you get. What you hear is who I am. I am very expressive. I am very caring. I am very, without a doubt, I am very loving. I show so much love to everybody. And you know why that is? It is because there is just so much hate. How come we can't walk down the street and tell a total stranger, you know what? I love you. You are loved. Just want to let you know you are loved. You are deeply loved. You know, how many people are we able to connect with on that level? Well, many of us are not able to. And why is that? Oh, well, they're a stranger. Oh, we don't know them. Oh, does it really matter? Does it really matter? It doesn't at nope. the end of the day, because if this is something that love has a meaning and love has a feeling and it comes with an emotion and it's an expression, how come we can't express it and we can't even express it to the most important person of the, of of all ourselves? How can you love somebody and, if you can't love yourself? You know, these are questions. Well, let, me, Go ahead, honey. let me
1: let me put forth let me put forth some practical ideas here. From my experience, and we already know that the common expression is I love you, but instead of I love you, wouldn't it be better to say I am love or I am the embodiment of pure love and remove the I and you and you will find that there is only nothing but love? If it, It's almost as if um, love is imprisoned between the I and the you, and if you remove the I and the you, they are unreal and they are very, very self-imposed and they are, you build up walls because of it, you build up walls that really don't exist. And the gulf between I and you is the ego. And when the ego is removed from from the distance, of the, um, when the ego is removed, then the distance is um, is also disappears, and and the I and the you also disappear, and they merge to become one to create all that is love. And if you lend the I and the you their reality, and withdraw your support, they will also disappear as well. And when you and then you only then you will realize that not. That not not that I love you, but that I am that all embracing love. So when you think about it from a different perspective, you're looking at self love right there.
2: That's a that's why well, exactly. I cannot
1: take take that's the the wild. take back that perspective.
2: We have a question right, from from the audience out the too. Eye.
0: I the eye
2: it says expression of an emotion but what is the emotion what is that emotion really it's like an expression of a, i guess when they're talking about love an expression of an emotion but what is that emotion really it might be more of a statement than an actual question well that emotion well, can be like at it,
0: it well if somebody yeah if you look at it Okay, how about this? Um, Here's a here's a here's a a situation or scenario. You're in a relationship with an abusive counterpart. They tell you, I love you. But then two minutes later, they go and hit you. Where's the emotion in that? I'm only seeing the anger. I'm not seeing the embrace. I'm not seeing the love. I'm not seeing I'm not feeling that exchange. How about when you're angry at somebody, whether it's your counterpart, your child or whoever? Why do we have to resort to the violent act behind it? Is that love is love actually violence? Is that the only way to get love across is by beating it into somebody or by forcing it into them? No, it is not. Love is something that you do without anger, without hate, without malice, without that intent. Love is something you do. You heard of tough love. Okay, my son got bad grades on his report card. I'm taking away your game for, you know, your game for a week so you can focus <laughs> on your studies. I'm doing this because I want to promote your education, but I'm doing it because I actually care deeply for you, and I love you, and I want us to see you succeed. So I'm doing this so you can just learn how to focus your time better. And that's what it comes down to: what is the intent behind the emotion? If I'm gonna beat you, and it's like Rob, you know, I know I punched you in the eye two minutes ago, but I love you, bro. Like, awesome. Really,
2: awesome. Is that what
0: love is? Like,
2: aim for the cheek. I don't need a black eye. Right? I gotta go on. I gotta go so on camera. I get yeah, that you note. know what I'm
0: saying? That's the way we got to look at
2: it. I, I agree. I mean, it. there's so many facets of what you guys are talking about. It's such a layered conversation that it's it, some people who aren't into this aspect of self-evaluation, they're like, whoa, man, their head's probably spinning right now, spinning. So, you no, know, we've talked about this love and we've talked about the paranormal earlier but what let's is there some type of exercise that maybe they could use to start this trip down this healing of themselves is there something that maybe you could recommend or some tor- some sort of you know i don't know if it's an exercise or a, a process or you know some way that we can because we have about a half hour left so i want to give everybody some something to take away from this is to possibly better themselves i mean we've we've pointed out a lot of different things so let's get to the aspect of trying to round it out and help them to leave here with something that that they can take forward with them to help them i know we've been helping them the whole time but you understand what i mean right Mm
0: -hmm. okay yeah go ahead go ahead and So one thing I've, so this is going back to a client that I was working on. Like I said, I'm not going to say any details of name, anything like that, because it's not important. And that person deserves their privacy. Okay. And now with this individual, I explained to them, in order for you to understand your self worth, you need to get to know yourself. If you say, I want, I want, I want, what is that really helping? What is that making you understand? What about what do you need? There are certain basic needs we need to meet. In early childhood development, especially growing up individuals, you know, if we look at nature versus nurture, some individuals miss that pivotal point in their early uh, developmental stages that when they get older, they don't understand. There is things as self-love. There is things as being interdependent so when we look at it one way to start is by getting to know yourself and the way you get to know yourself is by spending time with yourself you can also like I said look into different personality traits see where you fall in those those traits like wow I didn't know that this type of behavior makes me somebody who's codependent I want to be independent well guess what You don't want to be independent because at the end of the day, we all need somebody. We need our doctors to help us when we're ill. So we need to learn how to be interdependent and realize that it's okay. We're fallible. But like I said, in order to start growing, you need to take accountability for your actions. You need to understand yourself better. Like I said, spend time with yourself is the best way to do it. And it doesn't matter if you want to go to the spa to do that, if you want to meditate to do that, if you want whatever it may be, but start recognizing that learn self-worth. You guys out there are worth so much more than the labels that people try to tag onto you. You are never going to change someone's perspective, their opinions, their choices, their thoughts. You can't make your spouse change. You can't. Then you need to understand, okay, well, is this relationship working for me? Is it something that I want to continue to be a part of? Do we need Therapeutic sessions. There are so many ways, and and just to just to touch on it broadly, there are so many ways you can develop yourselves. And if you want, you guys can always reach out to me and Katie, and Katie's going to give you the information um, to the email page that we both can respond to you, and we can start helping you transition. But the whole point is is that you need to learn how to feel yourself, love yourself be comfortable with yourself. Love the skin that you're in. That's the best thing to do. Learn how to understand that you cannot change, like I said, and I'm going to repeat it, what other people perceive you as, or their thoughts, or their actions. You cannot control that. You can only control you. So if you want to work on you, focus all that intent on changing you. Pay attention to when you comment on things. If your comment, you feel really, really negative about it, why do you feel negative about it? Why do you feel negative that Katie wore blue today and Amanda wore pink and purple? You know, we need to look at the aspects of what triggers those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions, those actions. And once we start recognizing that within us, we can start shifting that behavior. Stop focusing on labels. The label "I love you," like Katie said. Stop focusing on "I'm ugly," "I'm fat," "I don't like this," "I don't like that." How many things can you look in the mirror today and tell me that you like about yourself? How many? And I, and it's probably not going to be a lot. And then you have your some out there that be like, "Oh, I love myself." I'm, do you really? Seriously. And I and I really? well, the, other, love the other the other thing why do you tolerate when- so much less?
1: And and when I have a client, the first question, because majority of the people that I come that come at me, they all come from the same problems. I won't go into those problems, but um, the first question I always pose to them: Would you marry yourself? And the just a, just a, an elaboration of what Amanda uh, said: We got to go into self mastery. And this is how you would do self mastery. And if you, and this is how, eventually, when you do self mastery, you can help make the world a better place. And you don't need to save your. Um, you know you need to save the money. You need to wake up. You wake up early, and you, know you need to work out more. Three basics. You know you want a relationship. As well, that's another four. You know exactly what you need to do, but you don't do it. Why? Because you have not accomplished yourself. In the simplest terms, it also means that you lack discipline. And there are two types of people on this earth. that Those that let circumstances de- determine their effort and results, making sure that they never reach the full potential then there are those who master the art of discipline and begin to create results that they want by dedicating more effort, hard work and concentration in the areas that they want to succeed in. But you don't have to worry because you can become the second type and with practice and with effort once you work on yourself. Now, I mean, just because just because I have my own background in, in terms of my education and my profession, it doesn't mean that I am not perfect. I am perfect. I used to let my circumstances define everything that I did. I had no idea of the right way to do things in life. And, yeah, I have stuffed up. Uh, or how to master myself and get the results that I wanted because I never had a role model to teach me. I had no idea what it was required to accomplish this, but against the odds I learnt it and I refused to let anybody out there that I work with or Amanda works with or any listener out there who's listening to me right now refuse to let you feel the same way. Mastery of self requires you to go beyond what most people are willing to do. I had to work more than kids I knew. Back in the day, I've been doing this for well over a decade. I didn't go and party. I didn't drink. I didn't waste my money because I became disciplined in my direction and my journey. I, I, I guarantee you right now a lot of people who know me, they will say, say I've always thought, I've thought and done on my own. I've, I've, I've been one to, to walk the on the offbeaten track. Most people will never come become person number two. It's sad and it's unfortunate. But the only way to get there is to create a vision. And you have to imagine a world of people who are spiritually wise, spiritually healthy, and is spiritually powerful. And they, like themselves, love themselves and enjoy them being themselves. Their souls are strong and their egos are mature. Their minds are aligned with health creating actions and they love, honour and care for their bodies and they live from their wholeness and the people, these people have mastered themselves and we've got to go into self-sufficient loving rather than trying to get love outside of yourself people who go into personal development or self-mastery meet their need with love that is the part of their inner anatomy because they feel it in a self-sufficient manner that they love others without manipulation or dysfunction and they can do so because they feel secure in their ability to meet their own core emotional needs. They don't depend on others to feel love and therefore they are emotionally free. And with the freedom comes they that comes with it, they create widespread healthy connections, which strengthens humanity. Again, this is – you become self – when you have mastered yourself, you become somewhat – I mean, we're still going to have our ego attached to us in
0: some way. But right. what it does right. is it and helps that's us strengthen you know, humanity. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we got to understand, we also – are not perfect, like you mentioned before. And I love the fact that you mentioned that because I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There is not a perfect person out there. And if you go through the world thinking that you're so perfect, deep down inside, you're not perfect. And that's the thing. We are fallible. We are honestly here to learn a lesson in life. And we are here to grow from that lesson and then learn how to share that lesson out. And that's through, like what Katie said love there is just so much negative hate anger violence in the world but when we start when we start actually working on ourselves that's also like a virus it spreads that kindness that compassion that love that empathy it spreads out and that's what Katie's talking about i know Katie uses a lot of big words <laughs> you know what i mean and I, and and but she's literally all she's saying is learn to love yourself so you can learn to love Others, the way that we, quote, make this word, I love you, out to be. And that's what it really comes down to. And everything that Katie's saying is exactly how I feel. And this is why me and Katie, we're, we're trying to give you guys a platform on our show, Goddesses and Devils. We're trying to give you that platform where we can work on this together. I learn things from each one of my viewers and listeners when they put things in the comments. One of my friend Hawk is actually putting things in the comments, I learned things from her, she learns things from me. And that's what it's about. There is nobody better than anybody out there in the world. We should look at each other as equal, we should not look at each other based on our looks, our wealth, our status. No, instead, we look at each other in that perspective, because that's how society has shaped our views. And That's up to us to determine whether or not we want to continue to live in that societal prison or do we want to make change? There are so many inequalities out there that people are facing every day and we see public outcries and we see people complaining about it and and rioting about it or protesting. But are we doing our own physical part to change it? And the answer is no. You think by supporting a friend? You know, With whatever it is, you're supporting them. Yes, you're, you're there for them. I get that. But are you contributing to that change? No, you're not. You know what I mean? We need to take accountability and start projecting those type of emotions out there. And we need to share that with everybody. And that's what it really comes down to, is how we can help shift that change within society. And the only way to help shift that change is be that change and that's what it comes down to you need to be that change in order to promote a positive change and that's pretty much what we're saying and what katie's working on like i said go ahead honey i was gonna
1: say and and just to elaborate what you're saying we're, we're talking what you're talking about is personal power um, people who go through self-mastery also feel pa- powerful without taking power from others by subjugation or abuse. And they draw from a spiritual reservoirs within themselves. Therefore, you, you, we've all heard of the, the uh, spread love. Everywhere you go, spread love. Feeling self-sufficiently powerful mean, means that you are secure enough and you feel no need to dominate other people because you rely on yourselves because you are soulfully free and you are spiritually sovereign. Don't forget, don't forget, There's a. we're talking mind, body, and soul here. So we're not just talking about what you are as a person or as a human. There's always, doesn't matter, you get rid of religion for a minute. We all have some sort of spirituality behind us. You cannot come and tell me that you don't have hope, faith, experience, or have never experienced hope, faith, or love, or you don't have hope, faith, or love, because those three things combined makes you spiritual. That is your spiritual part of your being. But people who also go through, who are self-mastered or who are self-mastered people are also sexually safer people. I don't know if you knew that. They are not predators and they don't manipulate, coerce, or attack people for sex. Um, Their heart often helps them with this by keeping their body and ego in check, feeling the love of their inner anatomy, going back to what I originally said, and their soul helps them by leading their sexuality with a spiritual emphasis. So sex is no longer just sex. And there is a lot more to peaceful sexuality through self-mastery and how it helps the world to be a better place. Now, if we have envisioned masters, or the everyday people that have mastered themselves with a powerful combination of characters and health-promoting capabilities. Now, we're not talking like the average Joe Blow here. We're talking about people that have actually worked on healing themselves. You know, imagine these people as, let's uh, let's say, as parents, bosses, your children, world leaders, actual real world leaders. We're not talking about politics here we're talking about world leaders what would what would a world created by such masters be like these people who are now masters of themselves what would it be, what would it be like consider how much health and and enjoyable living can be created by having a healthy powerful and free free of free of everything free of basically you're a sovereign person The humanity around us would transcend an abusive culture. And think about what humanity could do with such liberation. Before you dismiss what I'm trying to tell you. We
0: can do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's all about us. And that's what I'm saying. We can uh, do it. Yeah. And before anybody, what I'm
1: trying to say here is that I don't want you guys to dismiss me as talking about uh, a utopian rhetoric because I would like to point out that there are such people who have mastered themselves in this world. And while it's true that most of humanity is not functioning at this level, the world is better because some of us are Consider this more of us as a, a function at this level where more will embody the best of humanity, more masters will lead humanity, and more people. And, and when I talk about masters, I'm talking about those people who are healers, people who have selfless, selfless gifts to offer the world. More people will be encouraged and inspired to follow by their example because they are true and authentic people who walk they walk and talk their talk. They're inspired by action. They're not just sitting there on their, on their couch waiting for something to manifest. They go forth into this world. And the works from out inside out, They transcend. it's a transcendent quality of their individual inner worlds that affects the shared outer world. And each person who masters this extends their inner health into the health of their social sphere. They encourage other people, their friends, their family. They're, there are people out there that are having trouble with their weight. These are people that have worked on that already and feel comfortable enough with their self-esteem to be confident enough to go forth and say, hey, I've got some practical ideas without no judgment whatsoever and help these people. And when there are enough of us are masters at mastering ourselves, We create a transcendent health-supporting economics and in politics, and in this way, the world we create will be experienced in layers of health from the micro level to the macro level, really contemplate on how this dynamic works. And you yourself can be the master. You are the captain of your life. You can, and you may notice that you already possess some of these qualities and attributes that I'm talking about, But whatever level you are functioning at right now, you can go all the way and become exactly what I have become, a master of self. I go ahead and I teach this. This is my job. This is my profession. In doing so, what you will do, and ultimately the end goal here, is you will become one of humanity's best hopes for a better world.
2: And that, that is truly the great awakening.
1: Yeah, and by helping humanity, by helping
0: mastering yourself.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: But that's the thing. Yeah, we can all do this. We all possess these skills, these abilities, but the choice is everybody's in their own to want to choose to change that. Like I said, we see so much things with the riots, the protests, the violence, but what are we really trying to teach here? We are trying to shift other people's views. But when we respond in violent and and heinous acts, what are we promoting? The hate, the violence. We're not promoting the real, true cause of a change. And the way to do it is once we master ourselves, we are able to help that change in a positive light. And that's what it's about. It's about going forward in the future and mastering yourself and being that positive, positive influence that you need to be. And that positive influence Influence and then shifts over to your children, your friends, your family, your work life. This is what it's about, and we all can change. and I'm seeing it here in the comment. You guys are awesome. I love your comments. I'm trying my best. I'm trying yeah, to, um, and hope and hope uh, so him. beautifully. You guys got amazing, yeah. Yes, she did. And so if you want to read that, Katie, if you want to read absolutely. Yeah, um, hope,
1: hope, we are, that, we are. We are work in progress. And, of course, humanity is not going to change overnight. But the 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 rapid growth or the growth of each and every one of us can contribute. We we, we spend a whole life in, in personal yeah. development. But it starts with us.
2: Absolutely, ladies. Yeah, and, and it
0: starts, like I said, and it starts with us. And I'm going to keep telling you guys, it starts with you. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. I, I let you guys go because I know you had so much information to give out. And, and I truly it was truly an epic, epic episode. I just, we have to do this more often with these mash episodes. I think that was so awesome. We have five minutes left. So I'm going to ask Katie right now to tell us where everybody can find her. Say one last line and then Amanda and I'm going to take us home.
1: Okay, uh, so you can find me. Obviously, I'm just going to mention real quickly what what I actually do for a profession for for the listeners out there. Um, oh yeah. One- uh, real quickly, because I have multiple websites that people can go to to find me. If not, you can just Google my name; I come up everywhere. Uh, but you can go to soma fusioncom You can go to somafusionmedia dot com, easypeasy solutionsorg dot uh, org, easy um, Christchurch dot com, and the samaris education center dot com. For me, my, my various roles that I have, I am an ordained minister at the Universal Christ Church the School of Spiritualism. I'm the head education, online communications, and lecturer at the Samaris Education Center and Clinic. Um, I am the founder of Soma Fusion Media. Which is a media production company, uh, an offset of the Soma Fusion Mind Body and Soul, which is basically me uh, offering my services to the world, and as well as Manda. Um, and also, I am the talk show host of my own show, Soma Fusion Radio, which is which airs every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Global Enlightenment Radio Network.
2: Your turn, Amanda. I- <laughs>
0: You sure, Katie? You still got more to go? No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That
2: was I a love- lie. I'm, I'm not no, gonna I, lie about I, whew.
0: Yeah, I I, oh, I what can I say you know <laughs> I love Katie, like I said. Oh no, oh, no. I do no, know. I, just- I definitely love Katie. I
2: do. of um, course. I was just teasing, but go ahead. Yeah, Amanda, on, you're just up.
0: Just on top of that,
1: just on top of that, guys. Oh. I am studying for a triple PhD right now.
2: God damn. Go ahead. Go- <laughs>
0: Exactly I just said. <laughs> um, so I actually am also a minister. I'm actually a minister myself at the Universal Life Church, along with Katie. I am an ordained minister. Um, so FYI guys, yes, I could do that too. <laughs> but no, seriously, no, I'm really proud of that. I am, like I said, a minister of the Universal Life Church. I am currently in school right now. I'm double or majoring right now. Um, I'm actually switching over this spring to my master's in psychology. Um, you can find me wherever you can find Katie, to be honest with you. We do work together. You can reach me on Facebook. My first and last name, Amanda McManus. Um, I do, I'm actually working on a separate Facebook page right now that I do do my mediumship skills and my psychic work as well. I also do counseling. I also do guidance. I am, uh, I do have degrees in behavioral, a behavior and social science, as well as psychology and general studies, which, like I said, I am applying to a master's. I also have a degree in liberal arts. Um, quickly about me, I have always been a healer in many ways. Before this, I was a first responder for over 17 years. Um, I worked... I work very closely with the community. I still continue to do advocacy for individuals who are uh, suffering from disabilities that may be impacting them in their everyday life. I fight for the rights of individuals to get a fair education. I am very big on advocacy. I do fight, like I said, for what I believe in. I am, um, like I said, I do work with different organizations as well, but you could definitely find me wherever you can find Katie. I am working on, like I said, a separate Facebook page. When I get that up and running, I will tag it to my Facebook page. If you want to continue to follow us, uh, we do do a show every Saturday at 7 PM on the global enlightenment radio network. It's called goddesses and devils where we stream across many different platforms. We do do our best to, uh, give you guys a heads up when we are on, but just for all uh you know to make everything easier you can always like share and subscribe to our page um we do have it on soma fusion where you can find us on youtube and we are also on the global enlightenment radio network um so please check us out every saturday we are not doing our normal scheduled show a uh, scheduled show on global enlightenment because we are here on spectrum which we are so happy to be here and be a part of it and i want to thank you rob for having us and working with us i really enjoyed this mashup i um i think we should do it again because it it's so much uh it means so much to me to have different viewpoints on different subjects especially both female and male counterparts so that way we can see that it's okay to have disagreements it's okay to not have uh similar opinions or ideations or whatever but that's fine but what it's not okay to do is to hate and spread violence and spread all of that just evil out there when there's so much of it already be the change you guys if I can leave you with anything like I said be the change it starts with you guys let's start shifting all of that negative and start shining our lights and that also starts with how we are accountable for ourselves and develop ourselves learn to self-love yourself guys because you guys are all beautiful and we love you and thank you for like I said we we all love you Thank you for tuning in tonight, and like I said, you can find me on Facebook, Amanda McManus, and wherever Katie is, I'll be there. Yeah, just Google me. (laughs) Right, Katie?
2: Ladies, excellent, 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 excellent.
0: And just say, hey, Katie, I'm looking for Amanda.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I am Rob Yox. Just to plug myself a little bit, I let you guys go a little bit. You can find me on Full Spectrum Universe. It's YouTube forward slash Full Spectrum Universe. Uh, we are also on patreon. We have a couple of extra episodes actually probably about eight or nine extra episodes out there for only two dollars a month You can get all the extra episodes plus more coming. We're doing uh, full spectrum universe news We also have the golden age disclosure, which will be premiering very shortly I'm, also actually giving uh services now to people if there is a family lineage and or a history subject that you need help on My services are available to you. Mostly we'd be doing a uh, a lot of looking into the history of a people because it's very difficult for some people to find these histories on their on their ancestors and or relatives. We also are going to be I'm going to start giving a class on political views and or how to manage or maneuver in the political realm. Um, so if there's something about politics, you have a question on, we can also give you advice on that. I want to thank you, ladies, for coming on. It was such such a good show. We're definitely going to do this again. We have just hit the mark. So right before we hit that two oh one mark. I want to thank everybody for coming. It's time for you to get back in that spaceship, close that door, hit Warp Drive, and go back to your own damn universe. I am Rob Yox. That is Amanda and Katie. We will see you on the flip side. Hopefully, it is not the wrong side. It will always be the right side. I am the ultimate outsider. I want to thank all the outsiders for being here, and we'll see you next time.